Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that connects you, our listeners, to our guests using music and the songs and stories they contain. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Bruno Halpern. Originally from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Bruno graduated from Florida Gulf Coast University last year with a degree in journalism and is starting a master's in educational leadership at FGCU this fall. During his time at the university, he worked as opinion editor and entertainment editor at Eagle News. That's the student-run paper. He was a citizen board member at the News Press, and he was a radio newsroom intern at WGCU. That's where we met him. He's also worked as an editor for ABC, NBC TV, and he recently won the Florida Association of Broadcast Journalism Award for Best Sound, which we'll get to as we go through his three song stories. Hey there, Bruno. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Um, thank you for doing this. Of course. I'm glad uh, I saw... It was your birthday recently, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You popped up on my Facebook as having a birthday, and I thought, we should have Bruno do three song stories. So here we are. Yeah, and I'm very pleased. <laughs> and this is the first time you've been back in a studio like this since your internship? Yeah. How long ago mm-hmm. was that? It was in April 2019, I think. Huh. Yeah, around okay. that time. Okay, and real quick, before we get started with the three-song stuff, I just want to apologize to Tara Calligan. We moved your interview from 12 to 1. She had changed a meeting from 12 to 1, so she's not here, and I want to say I'm sorry, Tara. So. That's absurd. <laughs> I wouldn't forgive you, you know? <laughs> and you know Tara, so there you go. Um, okay, so you grew up in Brazil. Yeah. Did, you, did your family move here at some point, or did you come here for school? So my family has a very interesting... Uh, relationship in a way with America because ever since the 50s my grandfather my great-grandfather came here he lived for a few months because he was from the army and uh, the same thing kind of happened with my grandfather in the 80s but he was in the Navy but it was just a work thing you know they were representing Brazil uh, in, in some fashion and then we always had this idea of coming here you know so we had this connection. My mom also lived in the 80s here. Here being here in Southwest Florida? No, yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's uh, okay. It was in uh, Maryland. Okay. In D.C. Um, and uh, we had this idea, and one day we decided to, you know, come here for real. So after both my parents uh, retired, and my sister and I, we were like in a hiatus a little bit in between jobs and stuff. And we said, why don't we go back, you know, and try to, to live there? Because, I mean, our economic situation in Brazil was pretty good. You know, there was nothing dramatic happening. But in terms of, you know, violence and crime, it was kind of too much for us. And we decided to come here. And f- we were lucky that uh, we had a friend here that he was a r- realtor. And he helped us buy our home and... We came here in uh, 2016. Okay, so you had already finished like uh, like high school and everything. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you? Well, no, let's back up. We'll get back to okay. this. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> what was the musical background of your childhood in Brazil? Paint a picture of what music was like around you when you were a kid. So that's something that's kind of interesting because I'm not really sure with my experience that Americans realize how influential they are around the world. 
So I grew up with American movies and American music. Like I pretty much only listened to English songs, and I honestly at the time had a little bit of disdain for Brazilian songs.、Huh. And only when I came here that I started to you know go back to that and be like, oh, actually this is pretty cool, you know. So it was kind of a rediscovery for me because I would listen to these songs in the radio or. But I would like,、oh, come on, just go to、uh, an American song or, or a British song, you know, like the Beatles or something. <laughs> And、uh, so when I came here, that was like, yeah, you know, Brazilian songs are pretty cool. Kind of had to get distance to be able to see it more. Clearly, I guess, I yeah, guess. you only you know miss it when you. Well, yeah, distance yeah. makes the heart grow. <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> exactly. <that> ? Yeah. <laughs>、um, so, what, 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 what was the American music you were listening to then when you were younger? Like, you know, what, what, the, what was the first band or song or something that pops into your head that you connected with? So it's kind of embarrassing, but a little bit Backstreet Boys. No, it's not embarrassing on this show.、Uh, I mean, this is a safe place <laughs> for Backstreet Boys. Yeah, you can say you like that. Yeah, because when I was growing up, that was kind of like、uh, you shouldn't say that in public, you know.、Uh, <laughs> I do know. <laughs> but the main reason actually was because I. Saw their、uh, music video with their monsters and stuff. Backstreet's back. Yes, that one. And I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty cool." You know, <laughs> it was more a visual thing than a music thing, I think, at, at first. And all, honestly, I started、um, my passion for music started with、uh, movie soundtracks like John Williams and Ennio Morricone, and.、Mm-hmm. I was like super hooked by that because I could come up with worlds and stories myself with the songs. I didn't necessarily,、uh, you know, left.、Um, you know,、um, my God, you probably should cut here <laughs> or something. Do,、uh, do, do, absolutely do, not. Do. Yeah, <laughs> embarrassing. But basically, like, you, you, I didn't necessarily hear Star Wars themes and be like,、oh, "Okay, here is Luke doing something."、Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I, I could c- come up with my own stories." And you、huh. know, yeah, do you、um, have you listened to、uh, Hulse the Planets? Oh yeah, I I know that John Williams was heavily influenced by、yeah. that. Well, just because that isn't tied to a performance on stage or screen. As far as I know, is that right, Mike? I don't think, I don't think so. Th-、no. There's not a, yeah, I mean, there's not a thing that goes with it, but but it is it is like dramatic in its own right. Somebody、mm-hmm. should make a movie just to just use all of、planet. its parts. Just write a movie around its, its <laughs> movements. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that some directors they put like musical placeholders for some scenes. Oh, right, as inspiration for the composer. So. I could see that. Yeah.、Um, uh, first music you owned? Do you remember what the first music that、wow. was yours? I think it was The Killers. It was an album, I think, called Day and Age. Would have been a CD. Yeah, it was. It was CD.、Um, uh, do you remember a time when you were a kid that music moved you?、Um, I mean, for sure. But、uh, I think, <laughs> I think it was. I believe I can fly. Oh, when well, I saw R- R- Space、Kelly's. Jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I loved Space Jam, and I was like, "Wow, this song just." But nowadays it's kind of tainted. Yeah, you know? <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah, well, I just I think one I, could I, say I just associate it with Michael Jordan now, like and the beginning of the movie. <laughs> That's、uh, a good way to you know, kind of untainted. Yes,、so. keep it at arm's length.、Um, what、uh, What were your parents listening to? Were they also listening to American music? Yeah, but they were more.、Uh, they They would、uh, listen to Brazilian songs, but 
I actually uh, discovered Queen because of my mom, for instance. She loves Queen. And uh, she, she, I remember her showing me Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time and trying to make me understand how interesting the song was because it was something totally unpredictable. Like, uh-huh. it would change, uh, as everyone knows, of course. So that, I was like, whoa, yeah, that, that was pretty cool, you know? I think Queen played a concert in Rio de Janeiro that was considered yeah. the biggest outdoor concert of all time or something. Any chance your folks were at that, do you know? Um, no, they weren't, but uh, it was in 1985. It's a festival called Rock in Rio, and it's like one of the biggest festivals in the world since then. And, but, but actually in 2009, I went to a Queen concert but it wasn't a normal arena, like it wasn't like a big thing. And it was Paul Rogers. He was replacing Freddie Mercury. Mm. But uh, I mean, he he doesn't really match, in my opinion, with right. Queens. Right. But, but you still got to see Brian May play that guitar. Yeah, I did. It was <laughs> Which I cool. would love to see. You know, he made that guitar. Do you know the story behind that? No. Him and his dad made that guitar out of a mantle above a fireplace that was like centuries old. And it is wired up and the pickups are different than any other guitar that's made by anybody because he made it with his dad in a garage. Wow. And it's still the guitar he plays. Anyway, that's my little queen aside. Did you ever play instruments? No. <laughs> I actually wished I could play the piano because I love seeing people play the piano. But I never really got a chance to learn it. So It's not too late. Yeah. People tell me that. And but with the internet now, there's all kinds of ways that you can matrix style it right into your brain. That's true. Um, if, if, that, if, if you did have the ability to just click a button and learn, would that be what it would be? Yeah, it would be the piano for sure. I would probably have a YouTube channel where I would play songs <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> you should start a YouTube channel that starts with you not knowing how to play the piano. Wow, that would be original. That would, yeah. It would probably be hard to watch at first. You'd probably have to have some shit. Probably. Um, okay, it's time for your first song. All right, so can I just give a small introduction? You can t- give as much introduction as you want or as little. You tell us. So I think this one will be a little bit weird for most people because it's like from the 40s and it's very old fashioned, but it, it's tied to Brazilian soccer tradition of every club having like an anthem. Maybe that's common in other places. I'm not totally sure. But it's tied to a Brazilian tradition as well of carnival where, you know, there would be these marching bands of kind of samba style. And they and then this composer, he decided to do for the, the teams, you know, the, the, the clubs. And it was a super, super hit at the time. And... Like in every game, the the fans, they chant these uh, anthems and stuff. So, yeah, that's the background. Okay. Do you want to tell us why you picked it, or you just want to have that background, and then we'll yeah, come Yeah, just the it. background, and okay. then we'll come back to it. Well yeah. played. Okay, what's it called? I mean, it's just the name of the club. Is there, what is the club? So, it's called Fluminense. It actually means pe- uh, people born in the river, which is like a Latin, whatever. But it's how people from Rio are known, like, you know, like New Yorkers. Uh So Fluminenses are people that are born in the state of Rio de Janeiro. All right, let's do this. I was reading along to the lyrics. Oh, really? (laughs) I translated them. Uh, What did you think of it? (laughs) uh, It's, it's, well, the English translation is very straightforward, (laughs) you know, the language in it. Um, So, no, what was that, what was that making you feel and think while you were listening to it here? I mean, it was like so weird because I think this would be the last time, the last place people would think they would, they would listen to a song like this. Right. 
So I, I actually picked it also because it's kind of unique for, I bet, for the show. You know, I don't think... It's a, we've had some Spanish-only, language-only songs on the show, but very few. So, yes, it is unique. But we've also had, like, tribes people from the other side of the world screaming. So that was the... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, so do you, are you a soccer fan? Are yeah. You... I mean, it's almost obligatory in Brazil. <laughs> in Brazil, yeah. If you're not, like, your parents disavow you and everything, you know. <laughs> and so would you have been at... Uh, at, at matches hearing songs do they do the crowd sing how does it get yeah. intertwined into the into the performance so there's this whole soccer culture in brazil that in my experience like you know seeing soccer also from latin america and europe uh, it's very unique because there's this unique um you know vibration i guess of you know like it's almost really like uh, a chaos energy like that there's no role like when you go to 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 american stadiums and everything there's an orderly you know everybody goes to their seats and yeah. everything but there especially before you know the world cup in 2014 where all the stadiums were kind of refurbished and stuff mm -hmm. they had this rough look and some of them didn't have any chairs and in a way it was more authentic because the energy was more real, you know, because they tried to um, modernize it too much. So many fans are actually mad at the uh -huh. refurbishments. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I think that they were necessary in some cases because the structure of the stadiums are not that good. But um, something of the spirit of the thing kind of vanished with it. So the whole notion of just going to the stadium, it was a very cheap price to, to go in the stadium to watch the game. And uh, it kind of, you know, died. Nowadays, the tickets are very expensive. and you Less know, energy, more price. Exactly. It's just the American way. <laughs> <laughs> I can, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, did you see a lot of matches growing up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my father took me many times to, to the stadium. I went with my family. I remember also a story that uh, I was with my uncle in the stands. And he was always, like, very, like, worried about me s saying bad words and stuff. So at the stadium, when I saw him, like, cursing <laughs> like crazy, and I was like, what? And he's like, oh, no, he's, here it's allowed. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Soccer different rules. Soccer yeah, different rules. Yeah. Uh, when in, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned you came here in 2016? Yeah. So you would have been there when the World Cup was there. Yeah. Did you get to be a part of that at all? No, not really. Uh, I mean, I was super close to, I lived close to the stadium there, Mar Maracana, the name. It was the biggest stadium in the world uh, at one point. Actually, there's, I think, the, the record for a single game still holds to that stadium. How many would that be? Like 200,000. 200,000 wow. in one stadium? Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. Okay, so I, I don't even know how, but yeah. So Bruno, can you um, talk about um, uh, the Fluminense uh, in the in the Sul American Cup? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it, great it, question, Richard. <laughs> 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 so uh, there was this crazy situation that it, it would, it's a it, it's a cup called Sul, Sul, Sul Americana, and it's one of the most important uh, you know soccer tournaments in the world. And uh, but but that's the thing. Like, unfortunately, a lot of Latin America uh, soccer 
like stays in Latin America. So people from outside don't really know about it as much as they know about European cups and teams. So that's a shame. Even though Brazil is probably the, you know, the national team of Brazil is probably the most known in the world. But um, so there was this this final that Fluminense was in, and he never had been in a final like this before. And there were like eighty thousand people at at this time specifically. It was the top like um, you know capacity. Right, it right. was the total capacity of the stadium. And um, I was super excited, and my friends were there and stuff. And it was super super crowded, like. And we were already inside the stadium, and then I noticed that I lost my wallet. Mm. And I was like, okay, like, there's no way that I will ever find it again. Like, especially because, you know, even in, a, in, in the context of a game like this, there's two people that might pickpocket you and stuff. Right. So, like, two seconds later, this guy taps on my shoulder, and, and I'm like, okay. And then this guy, like, he looks, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being prejudicial, is that a word? Uh, but he looked super poor. But uh, like I told you, like the stadium prices were were more accessible at the time, so he was able to go to the game. But he he had my wallet and returned to me, and I was like, "Whoa! Like that's crazy." And because of this kind of spiritual, like you know, energy that the stadiums used to have, this guy just kind of stuck stuck around, stuck around with us, and. Like he, in that moment, he was kind of part of our family (laughs) and he was super cool and, and, you know, yeah. but I don't even know his name. I don't know where he went after that. Like, but in that period of time, it was, you know, like he was my closest friend or something. So, and what a great demonstration that it is okay to be kind and honest. Exactly. I love reminders of that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And I actually saw a study that they made a few, I don't know when it was, honestly, but they would put like lost wallets in you know s- determined countries and cities and see how many people would yeah yeah you know. and I saw that Brazil was actually pretty high in, in the list that people return so uh-huh. um, did you play soccer or football which do you prefer am I calling it soccer <laughs> and you're rolling your eyes at me what's going on here <laughs> I mean I I made peace of you know yeah. saying soccer instead of football <laughs> but uh, I never played American football like never even though my my uncle, he had a American football ball, so we would throw around a sometimes. Football ball, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of right, right? redundant, I guess. But uh, yeah, we, I used to play soccer, not n- never, you know, professionally or right. even close to that. But I would usually be a goalkeeper or a striker. So mm, okay, yeah. um, okay, journalism. Okay, when did that come across your radar? So I always loved writing and you know communicating in general, like. I I really and I was a very attentive person even in my childhood to the news, so it was always an idea. But growing up, I was never really sure where to go. It it always felt like I had a lot of interests and a lot of roads to choose from, so I didn't want to commit to a single road. So at first, I chose advertising because I consider myself a little bit creative. And also my uncle was in this um, university in Brazil, so he opened the doors for me a little bit. And um, so when I decided to come here to FGCU, one of the, you know, courses that called my attention was, you know, journalism. 
And also I had a girlfriend that she actually works in, a, in the biggest radio station uh, in Brazil. And I used to go there sometimes and I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So I think that kind of reverberated and, you know, ended up with me being in a place like this right now. So did you, did your family come here to Fort Myers? Yeah, Fort okay. Myers. So, and then, so FGC was an obvious choice. Was that the plan? Yeah, I mean, of? no, it wasn't a plan at all. Like, uh, when, when we met that uh, realtor friend, um, he, he's, he's stationed here in Naples, actually. And so we bought our house close by. And when we started looking for a university, we said, why not close to the home that we just got? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It made sense for us. So, yeah. Did you do four years here, two years here? Like, had you done school before here? Just fill that out real quick. Okay. Uh, so in Brazil, I did marketing school for four years. Okay. So I had a, a degree already coming here. But uh, here it took like three years to finish it. So it was the whole thing, the whole major. Um, so you've done an internship at a radio station. You've worked some TV. Yeah, at the other side here. And you've worked some newspaper. Mm-hmm. What's your pref- preference? Um, I kind of like this more than the others. Um, because even though I like writing, I like communicating more. Mm-hmm. Like this, like if it feels more authentic and more spontaneous. And honestly, sometimes I get a little bit uh, uh, tired of writing, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing about radio is is that most people don't realize. Now, obviously, when you're doing interviews, a lot of it is off the cuff, but a lot of it is written as well. And so, you know, a lot of radio is is doing writing and then doing some performing, Mm. And then it's also collecting sound bites like. No, I'm gonna kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic already here, right? Oh, of course it Instant. is. Tell and award winning as well. We're gonna, we're gonna hear, hear it, it. Then you can tell us what it is. Okay, ready? No, I'm gonna kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us the backstory of that. <laughs> so this is actually one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> like, I. While I was interning here, uh, Julie said, you know, there's this story about cane toads that you should do. And I, so I, deci- I uh, said yes very reluctantly. Reluctantly? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Got it. yeah you got it. Uh, <laughs> because I despise frogs of any kind. Like, I'm a city person. So you have a thing about frogs. No, I mean against frogs. You don't, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And a cane toad is like yeah, that's even yeah, that's so another like layer the, to this story. And uh-huh. a cane toad, tell them, describe the cane toad for the non, you know, yeah, people who aren't in on it. The cane toad is like this giant toad, like it's super big, and I it actually secretes like a poisonous thing. It's not really hurtful to humans, but it can make you kind of dizzy. Maybe I don't know, honestly, but it can kill dogs and maybe even toddlers. I don't know. Honestly, that part, I'm, it'll I mean, definitely kill dogs. Yeah, yeah we know dogs because that, that's sure. like the story yeah. around here. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spread fake news or anything about cane toads. <laughs> cane, kids, children are immune to cane toads. <laughs> cane toads eat children. Uh, so, there. so you went on this story, right? Yeah. So I called this lady, and she agrees with me going with her. And she's and, like a cane toad hunter. Yeah, she's self, a cane toad self-anointed. hunter. Self-anointed. And actually, there are many here in Southwest Florida because apparently it's a pest. It's an infestation. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when I first heard about this, even before moving here, I was like, maybe we shouldn't go to Florida. Like, I don't know. <laughs> There's this whole species of, you know, super big toads. 
So I was super nervous about, you know, that. But actually, when I started, you know, recording the story with her and everything, like that fear kind of vanished. So that was good. Yeah. And uh, but she was kind of a she's kind of crazy. Yeah. In a good way. You can hear it in her in her here. Let's hear it again. You can hear it in her voice. No, I'm gonna kiss it. <laughs> I also think she was kind of drunk. She sounds like she's had a few. I I remember distinctively uh, smelling a little bit of beer in her breath. Right. Um, but uh, it, we actually went to this very rich community, and we were in a mansion, basically like around the mansion, uh, picking toads. And there weren't that many. She was so she was kind of disappointed, and I was too, honestly despite being grossed out by them. And she was telling me all about, you know, toad hunting and how they would, you know, freeze them in a freezer, I guess. And and then they would uh, get the bodies that were frozen and put it in the ground to kind of create a fertilizer of some kind. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was like totally bizarre. But she said it was the most humane thing to do to get rid of them because sometimes people just throw salt or any other, you know, chemical at these cr- creatures and it's very they suffer a lot so at like it, it was almost uh, endearing in my opinion to see that she also loved the toads uh-huh. so she had this weird like thing that she had to kill them as well because she recognizes that they are you know in- infesting the place so so i asked her to to you know hold the toad so i could take a picture and then she just decided to kiss it (laughs) and that's where this audio uh clip comes from and that wound up in a story that is that the story that you won the uh the award for yeah (laughs) (laughs) i had no idea julie uh the editor-in-chief here is that Uh, uh, news news director director. news director yeah uh had the um newspaper jargon i guess but um she, I didn't know she would apply the story at all. So when I saw that I wanted something, I was like, whoa. And that story, you know, so it was very, yeah, it was pretty cool. That is what we call in radio a great piece of tape or a great piece of sound. And it adds that flavor to the story. And so just imagine, you know, the way the awards thing works is that Julie submits them. They get sent out to stations all around the country or maybe around the state in this case. And local stations will listen to all these. So at some point there was like, people from some other radio station listening and laughing at <laughs> hopefully <laughs> okay enough, okay. <laughs> enough of that um, okay so let's move on to your next song sure uh, again a quick background basically this lady she's in love with this I mean in the song other lady this even is not though, the frog lady no not the <laughs> yeah. frog lady um, and she's basically saying that she's gonna uh Activate or in, or something like spiritual beings to be able to you know seduce her. So it's kind of weird saying like that, but it's a samba song, so it's pretty pleasant to listen to. And and what's it called? Or how do you say what it's called? I have it written here, but I'm going to let you say it. It's uh, "Boto meu povo na rua," which means I put my people in the streets. But uh, I'll explain better later. And who is this that's singing? Her name is Machinalia. She's actually the daughter of one of the most famous uh, Brazilian samba uh, uh, singers, and she became a very successful singer herself. All right, here we go. So what's that song make you think about? 
Wow, about the whole, my whole religious experience in Brazil. And actually, you know, religious, uh, the Brazilian way of seeing religion, I think. What do you mean? Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. So, Communicate, you're a communicator. Yeah. Here's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> so I always viewed, um, maybe saying Brazil, it's too broad. Because you can't, you know, if you say America, it's a lot of things. Like sure, sure. Brazil is as big as America. So in Rio, there's this whole thing that people might consider themselves like a Catholic or something, but they still fluctuate in other, uh, like, religious experiences and rituals, especially because of uh, Brazil's... Um, history with African slaves mm -hmm. and the because in America the slaves in a way were successfully ripped out of their religious background they were you know assimilated into you know Christianism pretty you know intensely but in Brazil they were able to retain their you know religious origin origins and it kind of zipped through is that a word sure. um, through the whole mainstream. So this song speaks about these African entities that would help this lady to get the love that she wants. So she would do like a small ritual that is actually super common. Like if you're walking down the street in, in Brazil, in Rio at least, you will probably see like a, an offering in, in the middle of the road or in the corner. And you'll be like, Okay, yeah, that's something I see every day. So it's not like weird, but imagine here seeing like food and right. chicken and like wine, like in the middle of the road, like you'll be like, what the hell, <laughs> you know? So even people that consider themselves super, you know, Catholic or something, they sometimes might go in that direction because it's it's kind of normal for, I mean, I never did it, for instance, and there are many people that despise it or have prejudice against these traditions that you know but uh it's something that is part of our culture and like many especially samba songs have that reference to you know these african religious traditions that you know like i said uh invaded <laughs> the uh, in a good way uh other religions the main ones was your family kind of the same as you in terms of not yeah. really necessarily being involved but you know around it yeah, uh, I would say even a Brazilian atheist ends up being a little bit like that, like uh, because it's not that they believe it, but they kind of know about it. Like it's it's something that's very common. So um, even like my stepdad, he is Jewish, like a hundred percent Jewish. Like he he doesn't really follow the religion, but he you know if you ask him, he's gonna say he's Jewish, and he is. He also would go, you know, to spiritual places and African things. Uh, it's kind of sounds weird, <laughs> seeing like that, but it, it just shows to me the openness of Brazil compared to other countries in terms of religion, at least. And uh, it, it's, in my opinion, kind of inspiring because it shows that, you know, these uh, divisions between religions can kind of be bridged. It, it, depending on the context that, you know, so maybe, you know, other countries might also succeed in, in that. Hmm. That's very aspirational. I like that. Yeah. Um, I go ahead, Rich. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
Mike has the words here so he can track along. Um, I do not, and I intentionally have been sitting back just listening. Mm-hmm. Um, do you listen to, you know, for you, you, you hear it in Portuguese and you understand it, and yeah. then in English you understand English songs. Um, do you listen to music that you don't understand ever? I mean, when I was until maybe 14, 15, I was still learning English, so I would not understand English. So you were listening to like the Backstreet Boys? Yeah, I had no, no idea, idea what they were. Saying. They were yeah, it was no just idea. Music. It was just music. Huh? Can you con- can you compare uh, songs maybe that you know from back then that you now understand better and the impact that it has to kind of to learn the lyrics of things? Yeah, uh, it's funny when you. It, but I would compare it when you listen to a song when you're a child and then when you listen to the same song as an adult and you're like, oh, I didn't notice that they were talking about sex, for instance. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like seeing a whole new uh, layer. So it's almost like that, in my opinion. Like I would listen to the song again. Oh, okay, so he was talking about this. But it, it, it really, like, because for me, even though I love a good lyric, like I, I learned to appreciate it, especially with uh, Pink Floyd, like the power of you know good lyrics. But uh, I always prefer the melody. Like the melody for me, if it hits me, like yeah, I'm all for it. So I think it doesn't really matter like if I'm understanding or not. Like sometimes I listen to Italian songs or French songs or even Japanese songs, and I'm, or Gangnam Style or something, you know, and you're like, woo, yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to imagine like learning like like Dark Side of the Moon just without knowing what they were saying and then suddenly 10 years later listening to it and knowing mm. what they're saying. That yeah. would be like really great. <laughs> and you yeah, honestly, do I don't think I would have liked as much without knowing English though, especially, you know, Pink Floyd in, in this case because at the same time I was already pretty good in English so I would like be curious, like, oh, okay, so maybe there's a hidden meaning mm-hmm. that I can go after. Like I always have this mindset that always, you know, going deep into the thing that I'm, you know, loving to 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 listen to or to watch or whatever. Hmm. Very cool. Um, uh, shows, concerts. Uh, have you seen many? Well, Roger Waters. Since we're talking about Pink okay. Floyd, he went to Brazil once, and it was the Wall show. You know, right. so. It was insane. It was probably the the most incredible concert that I've ever been to. It was like, have you ever seen the, the, the structure like that they built? Ah, uh, yeah, I know exactly so, yeah. what you're talking about. So yeah, it's all the hype is is real. Like, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> so that would be maybe a peak concert experience. Yeah, it was a peak concert. Um, what was the most recent? What you know, before we stopped going to concerts back in March, what was the mm. last show or concert or performance of some kind that you went to? <laughs> it actually was here at Immokalee Casino. Oh, um, Seminole Casino actually. Uh, is that? The, I, I'm, yeah, I think it's Seminole uh, it, Casino yeah, okay. in Immokalee. Yeah, it was uh, KC and the Sunshine Band. Wow. Yeah. You know, they're from Florida. Yeah, they are. Yeah, we did a, a show with this guy who does people, writes about um, musicians from soul music that were from Florida or something like that. And um, to discover... That, is that, they're like the... What, what's their hit? What? What's their hit? What's their... Do a little dance. Yeah. Make a little <laughs> get down there. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was great. Thank you. How, uh, so how was that? It was actually pretty, pretty fun. I went only with my mom because... Um, I don't remember actually why, but she wanted to do something only with me, you know, instead of having my whole family or, you know. So we decided to go to this show together because she loves Casey and the Sunshine Band. I mean, I like it too. 
Yeah. And actually, uh, who kind of opened the show was the village people. Wow. So Is it the same yeah. village people? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they all are the right. original ones, but the main guy was definitely the, the original guy. Wow. But the, there, it's funny how much better KC was in terms of spectacle. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it was because it was their show and not the village people. Yeah, but. I was going to say, the village people seems like they could do spectacle if they needed to, or at least at one uh, point yeah. in time they could. Um, uh, furthest you've ever traveled specifically to see music? Honestly, not that far. I I was never very adventurous in that sense. So, honestly, nowhere, I guess. But, I mean, I've been to Tears of Fears, Paul McCartney, um, Queen, like I said before. I had this, oh, Bon Jovi. He went also to Brazil, and it was pretty cool. I had this friend that he was super into going to concerts. But at the time, I was kind of not. So, I should have gone more with him. Right. But mm. yeah, it didn't happen. So um, you're going to you're going to grad school. You're going to go to grad school. Yeah. What's that for? What's the deal? So in this whole thing that I mentioned, that I have many roads to choose from, one that seems very appealing to me now, it's uh, kind of becoming maybe a journalism professor. Hmm. Because I really loved all my professors here at FGCU, and especially Judd Cribbs and uh, Lynn Milner. And many others, for sure, but these two are the most that come to mind. And um, and I don't know, I, like I said, in, in a way, being a professor is also communicating. And to me, it seemed like a very good choice. So I chose to, I'm going to start in a few days, uh, educational leadership, which is like an entry way, because it's very an administrative uh, course, but it's necessary because it has a lot of requirements that you need to meet in mm-hmm. order to be a professor. So it probably won't be as interesting or fun as, you know, something totally related to journalism would be. But And I'm doing a master because, I mean, honestly, it's kind of important to go into any field nowadays. So unfortunately, you know, the the horizon just keeps being pushed back. You know, you need a, a you know a degree for everything basically, if you want to have like a good salary. I mean, I know it's not necessary, but anyway, it's the yeah. most straightforward way. That's it's the most straightforward. Sure. There yeah. are ways around it. I I managed to stumble my way ass backwards into it without a degree. <laughs> so yeah, you, here you go. Yeah, but um, uh, so how do you listen to music? I like. To me, it's very important to have, you know, like, um, how can I say this? Uh, you mean like um, just... No, I mean like Spotify, oh, YouTube, okay. the radio station that plays songs. So, <laughs> I don't know how, if, you know, if the FBI is coming t- here or something, but I still download music. Okay. <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> there you go. Because I professor. like to have my own library. Mm-hmm. And the, why I don't go to Spotify or others is because I love finding different versions of the same song. Mm-hmm. Like covers and even piano renditions or quartets even. Like it's incredible how many options you can find on YouTube and stuff. And I just download the song and I mean, I sometimes buy if I can, but um, so I, I really like having my own library. It's very mm-hmm. organized. 
you know. I remember in the early days of music being available to download online, doing that same exact thing. You know, you find a band that you're a fan of, and you've heard their their album. You know, this was like the 90s. And then suddenly you can hear all these like live versions, alternate versions, mm-hmm. things like that, that were just like, are you kidding me? It was like the dawn of a new era for sure. And also I had this while I was a, when I was a teenager, I had this, this I despised kind of electronic music and hip hop. And, you know, because there was this whole wave of, you know, this very party like, you know, rhythm. And I was very antisocial back then. So it was like, this sucks, you know, like this is garbage, you know, uh, uh, nothing very specific, like even like, I don't know, uh, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Black Eyed Peas, like I didn't like none of that. But nowadays I have their songs. And one of the reasons is because when I I heard one of these songs, um, these are not necessarily good examples, okay, but I just, those are the top of mind for me right now. Sure, sure. But when I... When you listen to these songs kind of stripped out of their, you know, like <laughs> you see that sometimes they're very good melodies and, you know, the lyrics might not be that great, <laughs> but, you know, you see that there's value there, in my opinion. So I started to appreciate more. And in the past, I would say to people when they ask me, oh, what kind of music you like? I would say, oh, I can't tell you what I like necessarily. I can tell you what I don't like. But nowadays, I think like I like all kinds of music. Like I have many electronic and hip hop and all, all that kind of stuff because I feel very ecstatic nowadays. It, it really opened up my horizons. And coming here, like I said, it opened me up to Brazilian music mm-hmm. that I didn't value that much before. How um, <clears throat> are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to for some reason? I mean, it just depends on my mood. I think. There's no, like, one song, though, that if you hear it, you're like, get that out of here? I mean, maybe there's a friend of mine that she sometimes puts in the car um, EM, EMBs. What, what is It's like a EMD. EDM. EDM, Ele- yes. Electronic dance music. That's that's a little bit too much for me, you know, too <laughs> wild. and But it's, like, too much noise or even, like, super hard rock and metal, like, like to me, you know those guys. That, no, that that's too far. You know? yeah. Are you a um, are you a Daft Punk fan? Actually, I mean there are some songs of theirs that I like, but I love a Pentatonix um, medley. Yeah, I don't know if you know this this group. It's all acapella. I yeah, know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a fantastic. It's Daft... like the opposite of EDM. Yeah, it's, it's totally the opposite. Totally organic voices. I mean, for me, I don't like these kind of ADM. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just because it, it feels like I can't distinguish what's going on, mm. you know. But maybe there is a way to be able to, you know. But I, I mean, if you need to really just dance and just forget about things, maybe that's the best, you know, genre for you to go to. Um, if you were a championship wrestler, what song would you use to enter this the arena? Hmm. Damn, I don't know. Um, this is a very long pause here. <laughs> we're in no hurry. I mean, the first, of course, that came to my mind were the Rocky songs, you know, like I Have the Tiger and mm-hmm. stuff. But That'd be pretty bold. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but uh, I don't know. And I honestly am not a super fan of boxing or, you know, MMA or... <clears throat> 
So if I do come up with one, I'll tell you. But right now, I maybe really, the Backstreet Boys. You could do that. The Backstreet Boys. Okay, okay. Um, what what is the name of their song? Uh, and that makes you larger than life, or something like that. Uh, larger yeah, than yeah, life. Larger than life is the song. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that that's there the we one. go. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, are you a fan of musicals on stage or screen? Absolutely, I love musicals. I've always tr- I always try to go to as many as possible. Here in Fort Myers, they have Barbara B. Man, mm-hmm. and even uh, Broadway Palm Theater mm-hmm. that they sometimes have. They do great stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm addicted. Totally addicted. Favorite m- show you've seen? Uh, I recently saw Hamilton. It was pretty cool. Where did you see it? Here when it was here? here? Yeah. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I went to the theater like 6 a.m. to get the tickets. Yeah, yeah. It was all crazy. But I think my favorite one is uh, Le Mis. Nice. It's, to me, all the songs are great. All the, the, you know, the whole story is great. Because the thing that I don't like that much about Hamilton is, you know, the scenery. There's nothing really to see in the stage. It's just them kind of walking and they're circular. I don't know if you saw uh, live or on Disney Plus, but... I still haven't seen it. Sorry. Yeah. Richard. It's okay. <laughs> are yeah. you offended by that <laughs> yeah the, the it's it, the backdrop doesn't change a ton um the big the big gimmick is and it's a great it's a great gimmick it but, is. but it is it is static throughout the whole thing is the floor has a pair of turntables that are concentric like the floor can rotate and there's a couple of circles inside of the circle that can rotate mm-hmm. so it lets them here's the clever thing about it it means that they can change the camera angle like the effective camera angle of the stage because you can be seeing a person and they can rotate it without the person moving. And now you're seeing them from the profile, which is great. But, um, but yeah, the set pieces um, don't change a ton uh, throughout. Yeah, compared and to, I, especially compared to Les Mis. Exactly. Like, and, you, and you see the value, the artistic value of a, a good scenery, you know. But like you said, like I totally understand what they were going for. And they, were, they managed to be very creative in the things that they were able to do because the songs are so fast that you can't really have, you know, them changing that it would totally kill the atmosphere. Yeah, it's like one it's like one take show kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. kind of. And I would love to see like an actual movie adaptation. That would be awesome honestly because it probably would, you know, like make, a movie of the story. Yeah, an actual right. movie of the musical and stuff. All right, good news, bad news time. <laughs> okay. The bad news is, when asked about that fairly recently, I think Lynn manuel Miranda said that um, he was initially, he started some notes on how he would do that mm. because people were asking for a long time. And um, and his new the deal with Disney kind of bolstered that. But he said that he would have to rewrite so much of it to to match cinematography that he would be tearing the the whole thing kind of to the ground and starting again. And he's like, that's not bad. I just don't know if I want to start over. So, that, so he's, there's a, not a big chance of it. The good yeah. news is if you go on YouTube, you can find, um, animatics. I saw that actually. And yeah. People have drawn like kind of rudimentary animations for the entire play. So there's like two hours of animated Hamilton and you can just like watch the whole thing in one shot. Um, and so that's, Shot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also one where it's the Muppets. And there is a there is yeah, a Muppets. Actually, yeah, they just came out with the second act. I, I actually heard a little bit of that as well. That's great. Uh, yeah, that I mean, I, I was hopeful also because they are actually adapting one of his um, musicals that I never actually seen in the Heights. In the Heights, yeah. 
So I was like, oh, maybe they were going to do Hamilton someday. It would. Be, I mean, I would like it. Well, yeah, well yeah. and he's young. I mean, it may be 20 years from now, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine that'll happen someday. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, song... It, oh, it might be nice. It, yeah. <laughs> it might be nice. Song number three. It would have been <laughs> to have, have Hamilton on a screen. Oh, yeah, okay. that's a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, song number three. Oh, um, what was it? Jesus. Um... Uh, oh yeah, is uh, samba do avião. Uh huh. It's the airplane samba. So basically, I kind of ju- already talked a little bit about this here in the show, but it's basically about me moving here. So I, I listened to this song while I was, you know, in the airport, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, this song kind of matches." And it was one of the few Brazilian songs that I had in my phone at the time. You know, I wasn't totally, you know rejected rejecting brazilian songs you know before but i didn't actually listen to a lot of them uh but this was one of the few and it totally matches you know because the the singer she's arriving back in rio after being away and she's like oh i miss the city and she's talking about you know this whole feeling of being back so when you you listened to it when you were coming here, yeah, did it come on on because you were playing random songs, or did you play it knowing that it would resonate? No, yeah, random songs. It just came, and I mean, I was listening to a bunch of songs, random songs, and this one I was like, wow, yeah, this one, you know. All right, let's listen. Yeah, does that put you back in the airport? It does. It's very intense in a way. <laughs> um, do you miss Brazil? Because that I'm, song's about coming back to what you missed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. I mean, I miss it and I don't at the same time. Um, because if, like, you have this, when you are away from something, like I was saying, you kind of feel like you have this romantic you know, memory of the good things mm-hmm. and you kind of forget about the bad things. And it's not a place that I would never come back, of course. Like, a part of me still wants to go back. But, um, you know, uh, there are so many good things right here at this moment that I don't see myself being back. Have you been back since? Yeah, I visited a few times since then. Two times. And it's weird coming back, you know. What are the things that strike you as immediately, like, I forgot how different it is? What are the, like th- what comes to mind first with that? <laughs> I mean the people in a way when you're in a mall or like because in America you have this whole distance thing like when you when you're there like people just bump into you or right. they ho- hold you like personal this. space is different yeah personal space yeah. is totally different especially like imagine in a COVID situation yeah. like there it must be way harder. And also, like, one of the obvious things that might have been different if I lived in a big city is because there it's a big city. So I kind of prefer a big city in a way, but I also like how tranquil things are here in Fort Myers. So I feel like I'm in a good place in that sense, but I someday probably would go to a big city again. It's too much nature here. <laughs> too, much, too many big frogs. Too many big frogs. Yeah, yeah we have um, we have a few listeners. Like I've seen downloads in Brazil, um, and I assume you also have some family, maybe still. There. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to say anything to our Brazilian listeners? Yeah. Uh, e aí pessoal, é, espero que vocês estejam gostando do show. Espero que esteja representando bem aí o Brasil e 
não me critiquem muito. <laughs> I basically said, uh, hey guys, how are you doing? I hope I'm representing Brazil pretty well and that I'm not saying any, you know, things that are totally wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> It, I mean, it's my experience of Rio specifically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, had you been to the United States before you came here? Yeah. Multiple, Wait, multiple that's times. That's a weird question. Had you well, been here before, before you moved here? here. Yeah, yeah, you moved I know here. what you mean. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. what you mean. But yeah, yeah, it's like the microwave, Richard. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> My first time here, I was six years old. Okay. So it was not like culture shock. You kind of no, knew what you were yeah. coming to and you were looking forward to it. And like I said, uh, if you go to right now, I mean, not right now because of COVID, <laughs> but if you go to a Brazilian movie theater, like 90% of the movies are going to be U.S. You know, movies. Uh, if you listen to, this, to the radio, like every two songs, there is an American song. So, you know, it's everywhere. Like I grew up with friends, Seinfeld, back in Brazil. Like, it's not, and it was not because my family has a special, like, quote unquote, connection with America. It's because it's kind of embedded, you know. I, I think, uh, Richard, aren't you like originated yes. or your family yes. from I am Chinese Jamaican and I'm from Jamaica and I have a similar kind of connection to that island that you do like I there's a romanticized version of it in my in my mind um and whenever we go visit you know there is a special thing there with family but um I can't see myself you know staying there living there um but but it's part of me You know, yeah. I wanted to ask since since you had been kind of exposed because you said it's so prevalent in Brazil. What was like the first thing when you came to America that was different than you expected? Because you had kind of this this version. Um, let me think. Uh, I think one thing that is really different but that I heard many people say that before that it's different when you visit and it's totally different when you actually move to the place. So at first, I always thought Americans were very, you know, nice and uh, very, um, like, pleasant and, you know, smiling all the time. But, and I, I, it's not throwing shades at you, Mike, or <laughs> anyone, but... I don't take it. <laughs> especially with neighbors, you kind of see that they are kind of, you know, investigating at the same time. Like, there's this underlying, like... You know, they're being nice, but they're actually, you know, judging you and trying to see what mm -hmm. you're made of or something. And I understand that. I mean, they're, you know, but it just feels like a prevalent thing that Americans are more distant than I actually anticipated because of movies and, and all that. And I remember when I was young and would talk to people because actually, especially during the Bush years, there was this very anti-American feeling in Brazil. Like, I remember some... Like, they were not my friends, but in school, there were people actually happy with the 9-11 attacks. Mm. And I was like, whoa, what? What the hell? You know? To me, it was totally foreign, that that concept. I mean, both in a humane level, but also it didn't make sense for me why anyone would be angry at America. Mm. Uh, now I understand more, of course, of that feeling. Uh, but... Um, And I remember telling people, no, but Americans are nice, or Americans are this, or American, you know, I would defend America, uh, maybe even more than some Americans. And when I came here that I realized some of the things that they were saying were true, you know, especially like in terms of racism. Like, that's actually something interesting to delve into, because we're so, so much in this racial 
you know, fighting area or something. I don't know how to put it. But, like, I don't know if my Brazilian uh, viewer, uh, listeners will, will agree. But in Brazil, I think, of course, there is racism. But we're so uh, miscegenated people. There's so many variants. And, like, that color is not the first thing. Yeah, you can't look at a person and be like, oh, they're Brazilian. Look. Like, yeah. They don't, there's no, you can't look like a Brazilian. Like, people can see maybe in the photo, but I'm pretty white. Super white. <laughs> uh, I can't dance either, so yeah, that makes me even more white. <laughs> but uh, like uh, in Brazil, I wouldn't have this uh, feeling of you know seeing a black person and be like, oh, they they probably are thinking that I am judging them or something. But when I'm here, even before I knew about all this racial stuff, I would feel a tension. You know, like walking in the mall, I see a group of black people and they, I, I mean, they wouldn't do anything and I wouldn't do anything to them. But if I felt a tension in the air. Mm -hmm. So in Brazil, I think the prejudice is more about social status than actual race. That's my perspective. I bet many Brazilians would disagree. But because I remember, you know, seeing and having this experience of, you know, uh, going to a public soccer field or even anywhere, uh, like a gathering. And there would be black people, there would be white people. Like, there, it, it wasn't a big deal at all. Like, it's, it was not uncommon. I mean, it was not uh, frowned upon that I see, that I see sometimes it is here, like interracial couples. Like, it's something totally that people doesn't bat an eye. Nobody bats an eye to that. So that, that was a big hmm. cultural thing for me. I, I, I imagine if I were black, was black were black anyway uh how different i would see all of this of course because like here unfortunately uh black brazilians they do have you know suffer prejudice and are usually poorer and stuff but that there definitely is a, a, a an extra layer here of tension and anger maybe i don't know hmm. um Okay, so you said you watched TV shows growing up that were American shows. Do you have any of the theme songs to any of those shows committed to memory that we can play and we can all sing together? Because I do know you'll sing because I've heard you sing twice now. Sure. There's a lot um, in that question. I mean, I love the Seinfeld theme, but it's only instrumental. <laughs> so maybe it can be Friends or... Yeah. So do you usually do that? Yes. <laughs> cool. This is a standard question. We enjoy it every time. <laughs> yeah, Friends. You feel good about the lyrics? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I know it's a longer song, but... We're just going to play the... Uh, the, the, the TV version. The, the broadcast TV version. version, yeah. Okay, let me just drink it. Okay, I'm letting the ad play so we can... Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I used to say that we were going to put a blocker on this, but I kind of like it because it, it, it gives you a moment to prepare. <laughs> well, on this one, they didn't let me skip it. I had well, to sometimes, yeah. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So no one told you that was gonna be this way Your love's a joke, you're broke Your love life's the away It's like you're always stuck in second gear When I hadn't been your day or year or month Or even your year I'll be there for you When the rain starts to pour I'll be there for you as I've been there before, 
I don't know if I was on. I think we nailed that. Uh, was I? Because I felt like I was. D- compared to the scope, <laughs> the, compared to the scope of what's happened on this show, we nailed. Okay. That. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Would you concur, Richard? I concur. I concur. Okay. <laughs> and, um, if you were a cocktail, or by the way, we're heading toward the end here, so we're going to skip through some of these. If you were a sure. cocktail or a drink, what would you be? This is a new question. You're um, the second person we've asked it to. I would be just a bland Coke, I guess, <laughs> or iced Coke. tea. <laughs> like no cursing and no liquor. Yeah, I'm not a liquor person. I'm uh, very boring. I don't know why you brought me over here, honestly. <laughs> Uh, you're not boring. No, just yeah. There's Wait, no, okay, you're, nobody's boring. Wait, so, so since so basically we're compiling a guest cocktail list. So we are. Yeah. Uh, so okay, I'm gonna. Uh, uh, Bruno's just gonna be a. Do you have our no, ice no, in your cup? No, no, I'm gonna modify it. Hold on. If you, you have to, you have to add lemons. Ha- yeah, you have to add a piece of fruit to your Coke. What do you add? Yeah, lemon. Lemon. Okay, lemon and Coke. That's full the sugar Bruno. Coke, not diet Coke. Yeah. The no. Coke. Yeah. The normal Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's an aberration. The, Zero I, coke and. I agree. <laughs> um, okay, you, real quick, you know, um, here I'm going to jumble some questions. Oh, look, it's the actually it's the can full I change that? Song. Sure. Everywhere you look, everywhere. I don't know that one. Sorry, they're playing with the twins. Those twins, they really turned out strange. No, because um. I remember that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I am boy. not getting the joke. That's okay. okay. Everyone else will. <laughs> um, no, you you were saying? No, no, no. Is that I remember that sometimes we have kosher wine in my house. I mean, it's not a religious thing. It's just like when something good happens to the family and stuff, right. we kind of like, toast kind like of a thing. toast thing. So that would be like a, a thing that I drink sometimes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a modified <laughs> Manischewitz and Coke. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe okay. A shot of vodka in there. Um, so uh, we ask normally at the end of the show what your 14 year old self would think of who you are today. Okay. Mm. But I'm going to blend that in with would your 14 year old self. What would he, he think of thinking, okay, someday in the future, when you're what, you're 30 now? Yeah. Well, someday in the future, I'm going to be in a radio studio in America, and they're going to ask me to pick three songs to look back on my life, and all three of them are going to be songs that are from Brazil. Because you said at that time you weren't really into Brazilian music. Yeah. Kind of connect all that together. Do you think you would wow. have been surprised at that evolution? For sure. I mean, I would be happy and surprised because at 14 specifically, we just came out of, uh, we had this very big family trip to Orlando. So it was like one of the best trips of my life. And I was like, it was my height of wanting to move here, you know, when I was a teenager. Uh, So if I was, where am I? My God. Anyway, if I was 14 or were that's the thing that I'm messing up. You know what, though, Bruno? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I would be super happy to know that I was, you know, even being interviewed in a radio station in America, of course. But to know that I only chose Brazilian songs, I would, yeah, I would never have, you know, thought of that. But I was always the kind of person to be kind of controversial a little bit. So to know, I mean, that was one of the reasons that I chose Brazilian songs, because why would I choose American songs in an American radio station, you know, because I I bet that's 99% of, or 90% of the, so, 
yeah, I always like to be different in that sense. Uh, favorite band of all time? The Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah. Uh, album you've listened to most? Um, probably one of the Beatles as well. Because, like, I'm not a, usually an album person. I'm more like individual songs. Like, I have many individual songs of many different bands. But the Beatles and Pink Floyd and Queen are the ones that I have, like, all the albums. So those three are, I like to call the Trinity. My Trinity, yeah. Yeah, so. it's a pretty good Trinity. It I, is. Have a, wait, I, have, I have a question. Um, we had had uh, somebody on before, and they talked about they heard the Beatles, but it was... Uh, it was it a Spanish translation? Is that right, Mike? Yeah, that was Fabiana. That was Fabiana. Um, she heard, it was like a it was like a, a, a Venezuelan uh, local rip off band. of the Beatles. Yeah, that, but that, that, but just, that was how she became. Like, she learned them in you know Spanish before she learned the Beatles. Interesting. I just, I, yeah, I want to know like, did you ever even hear them in other languages? So yes, but I have this very funny story. I don't know if you, we have time for that. Yes, but <laughs> um, so I maybe at you know. 15 or something, 16. I wasn't totally a fan of the Beatles. It was when I was 20-something years old. And I saw that someone online on YouTube, they made like a, a montage like a, of a Brazilian band pretending to be singing the Beatles. Like, they weren't, you know? They, they just yeah, yeah. made it seem like they... And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then, because of that, I started to listen to the Beatles. So, but... In, in that vein of different languages, they kind of sing in English, uh, but it is a Brazilian uh, group. They're not famous or anything, but they made like a Bossa Nova Beatles style. So that would be the closest thing, I guess. But I did hear like, but I don't remember, you know, who was singing or that kind of stuff. If you, I don't know if you can answer this easily without giving it a lot of thought, but if you had to pick a song, like an American or British song that would always take you back to a memory from when you were a kid, what would that be? Um, I mean, I think the earliest one would be uh, Eternal Flame. By the Bangles? By the Bangles. Yes. Do you know why? Because that was the song my mom used to sing to me when I was oh. very, very young. So, yeah, it's... I think that one. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good mom to kids song. Right? That's really good. Um, okay, so um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna ask this new question, and I, I'm interested to see how you're gonna handle it. But so, mm. of your three songs, you have three choices that you have to assign to each song. One song is a song that is gonna disappear from existence. Is this like Mary Kill or? Or something. Yes. <laughs> yes, and yes. you got your swearing. You got your swearing. <laughs> yes. Well played. Um, Finally. Yeah. Yes. One is one one. It disappears entirely. Okay. Uh, one, you will guarantee that, you know, 100 years from now, people still are familiar with it. Okay. And the other one is, it means this is the song that you have to listen to. You don't get any other music for the rest the of your life you but that to. song. Like, I can only listen to that one. If you're going to listen to music, that's the song. All music for you gets distilled down to that one song. Okay. So, even though I like all these songs, to me, it's pretty easy. So, the one that we remember forever... Uh, the Fluminense one, <laughs> because I I feel like Fluminense is in a bad place right now, and I kind of mm. want them to survive. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the choice. Uh, the second one, the sorry, summer, sorry. By, by the huh? way, way back at the the cup story, they won that game. Yeah, that they you won. Went to, so yeah, so <laughs> just I'm gonna mention there there's the champs that day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So, uh. So the second one, Bottom of Nahua. Um, I would choose that one to disappear because there are so many songs like that that, you know, 
And the other one, uh, Samba do Avião, would probably be the one that I would choose to because it's more in my style of, of you know, music. So okay, I like chilling, you know, most of the time with uh, music. Uh, okay, uh, three people who you want to recommend for this show that you'll share it with as well. Okay, uh, she was also an intern here, uh, Alexandra Figares. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, I bet she would She's be great for this show. She's the friend that I mentioned that loves EDM. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I could yeah see that. Uh, who else? Because some people that I were you know knew a lot here, uh, they moved. So um, well, that's okay. They don't have to necessarily be local. We've had okay. out of town guests. Uh, Aubrey Westmoreland. She was a fellow classmate of mine, but she lives in Clearwater, uh, and actually she goes by Figueroa now because she got married. Or will yeah. So you're going to shoot her like a Facebook message? Yeah, I can totally yeah, yeah, do yeah. that. Because you're calling her out and on the show. Right? not yeah. that far. So. And, um, my God, it uh, can be Rachel O'Dell. She was, was she? I mean, she still is, but we don't talk as much as before, but she was one of my f- closest friends here. And she's doing med school, but I think she's around here still, even though she's studying in Detroit. Um so it would be very interesting, actually, to see her in, in the show. I can totally, you know, tag her and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll propagate it out. Okay, that is the end. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, just, you know, thanking for the opportunity, apologizing to my Brazilian friends that are listening. <laughs> that might be like, oh, he's not Brazilian. He's lying. <laughs> I, no, I want to see a bunch of downloads in Brazil for this. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. that is. Thank you so much, Bruno. And here, one last time, we got to do it. What? No, I'm, I'm going to kiss it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bruno. Thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and periodic host. Chris Duffus is executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going back one year to episode 76 with Dr. Peter Dearnui, who is an assistant professor in Florida Gulf Coast University's College of Education. His first song story was about how when he was growing up in a little village called Nyeri in central Kenya, they didn't have a lot of clothing, and what they had had to be made to last as long as possible. He had a coat that had been patched so many times, some of the better-off kids in his school would make fun of him for it. But then he found this song by Dolly Parton, and he said it was like it was speaking directly to him. And it turned something that had embarrassed him into something that he was extremely proud of. And then Dolly visited his village and his school. And when I knew that Dolly was coming, I had my coat, and I had to wear it. (laughs) And then when we went to the hall where she was singing for us, she looked aloud. The kids didn't have, you know, we had the school uniform, but the teacher allowed me to wear my coat of many colors. Uh-huh. And um, I, I sat somewhere, uh, not like in front, everyone was sitting in front, but I couldn't get in front. But then Dory noticed me. Mm. And uh, she knew, she knew why I wore that coat. And she said, what song would you guys like me to sing for you? You? She pointed at me. I said, Dolly, the coat of many colors. Okay, come here right in front. Come next to me. And I sat there in front. I was the envy of every kid in that Uh, hall, over 500 people. That's magic. Then she sang. I cried. I felt so good. And now thereafter, because 
Dolly just singled me out. What used to be a source of shame now became like the source of pride. If I was going to sell that coat, I could have sold it for a lot of money because it was the one that I was the one singled out. It was the yeah. coat because I was wearing it. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I just want a Persicom. Like, straight up. I just want to hack the mainframe with my sweet-ass little chobits. (laughs)